Thanks for checking out the Church RC podcast today. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you. Now, here's Pastor Brian Sparks. We're in a series called This Is That. And, uh, and the truth is, is a lot of times I, uh, we miss, I feel like we miss God in normal everyday stuff. Uh, because we expect God to show up a certain way or in a certain package and we expect it to happen in a, in this way and God shows up and does it that way and we're kind of taken off guard and sometimes, honestly, we don't even give God credit. We think it's just luck. We think it's all oh, well, you know, it just happened, I just happened upon it. And so, uh, the first, the first message that we preached in this series, uh, was about praise and worship. And, uh, and if you are wondering why in the world does this church clap, uh, why do they raise their hands? Come on, have you ever been asked? Do you go to one of them hand-raising churches? Then if you've ever been asked those questions, then go listen to that podcast uh, if you missed it, and, uh, and it'll kind of explain some of the things we do. Last week, Crystal preached an amazing word on, uh, called Strangely Wrapped Packages. And, uh, and so it was, it was an incredible word, and I'm excited about what uh, the, the word that I have for you today. So if you have a Bible, turn to Isaiah, Isaiah 53, Isaiah 53, and we're going to read verse 5, Isaiah 53, 5. If you don't have a Bible, don't worry about it. We'll have it right up here on the screens for you. Some of you are like, I don't even know where Isaiah is, and uh, that's okay. Don't act like you've never faked it, right? Like you're looking for Malachi and you just say, oh, Matthew will work. It's just going to, it's going to have to work. <laughs> right? Starts with an M. Close enough. Isaiah 53, 5 says this, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and by his stripes, we are healed. Come on, tap your neighbor say, we are healed. If you're taking notes today, you can title this message, Does God Still Heal? Does God Still Heal? Lord, I thank you right now for the word of God. Thank you that it's sharper than any two-edged sword. I thank you that every ear in here is open and receptive to hear your word. They didn't come to hear a word from man. They've come to hear a word from you. And so, Lord, right now, I pray that you'd use me to speak to the hearts of your people. Let every life be changed. Let no one leave the same. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Does God still heal? You know, there's a lot of people that would answer that question if you asked them with a resounding no. Uh, and, and the truth is, is that they would not be alone in that statement. Because there are entire people groups, there's actually entire denominations we don't we don't ever bash denominations here at the Church RC. If you're preaching Jesus, we love you. We embrace you. We're praying that you, you succeed. But here's the thing, is that there's, a, there's entire denominations that says this, that, that miracles have passed away. That, that uh, honestly, what happened is, is when the last apostle died, God took miracles out of the earth. And that's what they'll preach, and that's what they, they, they'll teach from their platforms, or maybe uh, they'll talk to people about it. And here's the thing, is that, that, uh, that, that I don't know why they think that way, and I don't understand everything, because I get a little confused by a passage of Scripture, because here's the thing, is that God, it, it, when you read the Bible from Genesis to Revelations, you see a God who is performing miracles. 
He's doing all kinds of things. He's healing people. Uh, he, come on, he's parting the Red Sea. He's doing incredible things, and, and we see this all throughout the Bible, but then all of a sudden, it seems like God changed his mind, like, okay, well, the last apostle passes away, and I'm done doing miracles on the earth. I just can't buy into it, mainly because there's this verse in Hebrews 13.8 that says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Here's the thing, is that when I begin to understand that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, if I just take that verse, then I begin to look in the Bible, and when I read my Bible, and I see that Jesus healed somebody, I have to say this, that if he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, that means that Jesus is still in the healing business. If he provided for somebody else, that means that he is still a provider today. If he delivered somebody else... That means that he is still a deliverer today. If he ever did one miracle for anybody in the Bible, and it says this, that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, that means that he is still a miracle-working God today. And the truth is, is that a lot of people have bought into this. Sometimes it's because of what they've been taught. Come on, maybe your parents believed, you know what, miracles have passed away, and they taught you that miracles have passed away, and, and you're, you're like, hey, you know what, that's just what my dad taught me, and, and, uh, and, and that's just what we've been taught. I love, uh, there was a woman who was getting ready to prepare a ham, and when she, she got the ham out, and she cut one end off the ham, threw it in the trash, and she had done this for years, and finally the husband looked at her and said, why do you cut the end off the ham? She said, well, I don't know. I did it because my mama did it. Let me call her. So she picks up the phone, calls her mom, says, Mom, why do we cut the end off the ham? She said, I don't know. I did it because my mama did it. Let's call your great-grandmother, figure out what's going on. So she picks up the phone, and she calls her grandmother, says, Mom, why do we cut the end off the ham? She said, well, I don't know why y'all do it. I did it because my pan was too small to fit a whole ham. Come on, somebody. Sometimes we just believe things that we've been taught. Right? You just say, hey, my, my dad said it. My dad's not a liar. I just believe it. And I'm not calling your dad a liar. I'm just saying sometimes we take information and we've been misinformed. And we do things over and over and we believe things over and over and over again just because we've been misinformed. But sometimes we believe these things because of our experience. We prayed and we believed God for healing of a grandmother. Come on. Of a mom. Of a dad. Of a loved one. And we, we stood and we prayed and we said, God, it's in your word. And it didn't happen. And so experience tells me that if God didn't do it, then he must not be doing it anymore. You know, uh, Crystal and I, when we first, um, we were getting married, and um, I don't know about y'all, but we were broke when we got married. We didn't have, we didn't have two pennies to rub together. Y'all with me? Um, we, d- we just didn't have any money, and we had to pay for our whole wedding. Uh, and so it, our whole wedding cost $3,000. 
and that was a lot of money to us. And uh, and so we we had scrimped and saved, and because I just wanted to marry this woman, and and uh, and and we put all this money together, and we didn't have enough money to go on a honeymoon, so we were going to go to Waterburger. Right, Waterburger's expensive. That's a nice meal. When you're broke, that's eight dollars for a hamburger, girl. You can even get it with cheese. That's how much I love you, girl. <laughs> right? That's all we had. We didn't have any money, and and uh, but my dad, I love my dad. He's an awesome man. He he didn't like this thought that we weren't going to get to have a great honeymoon, and so he said this. He said, "Son." I'll pay for your honeymoon. I was like, oh, you're a good dad. Come on. It's who you are. It's who you are. And I'm loved by you. Come on. I'm singing like praises to my dad. <laughs> Making up songs. But, but, uh, but I was like, dad, you're awesome. And so we went down to a travel agent. Y'all remember travel agents? And before Expedia and all that stuff came along, I know we used to not have Google. It's amazing. But uh, we, we decided, hey, we're going to go down. We're going to this travel agent. And we're looking through. Come on. They had this whole shelf of brochures. And we're just looking through, and, and my dad's like, I want cheap. And we want pr- beautiful, right? And so we're, and we're looking through all of these things, cheap and beautiful, and hello, there's Mexico. Come on, we're excited. We begin to look through the brochure, and come on, it's showing beautiful beaches. Amen. And crystal clear waters. And, I mean, endless buffets of food. Amen. Come on, somebody. And, and uh, tons of live entertainment and fun. And, and we're like, man, and it's cheap. And it's ticking all the boxes. And we're excited. And it's going to be amazing. And so my dad signs off on it. And we're headed to Mexico. Now, here's the thing. As we get to Mexico, in the very first day, I get sicker than a dog. On my honeymoon, I'm throwing up and uh, other stuff. It's coming everywhere. I mean, like, it's just happening, right? There's nothing I can do to control it. I'm newly married, and I'm, I'm not wanting to put this vibe off to my, my wife, that, that my now wife. And so, but I mean, I was miserably sick. I, it was a horrible experience. I, I, I thought, this is so awful. This is, this is and, and the entire time for the, the entire trip, we, I was sick. I stayed in the room. But here's what's crazy is that we still love to go to Mexico. To this day, we love to go to Mexico. Because here's the thing, is that just because I had one bad experience didn't make the brochure not true. Didn't mean that there wasn't beautiful beaches and and endless amounts of buffet. It didn't make it not true. Just because I didn't experience didn't mean that it wasn't true. And I think that a lot of people are throwing away the whole Bible because of one bad experience. And they're saying, you don't understand. Stan, I prayed in faith and I believe God. So God must not be in the miracle working business anymore. But can I tell you that there is a whole Bible here full of promises that you can have if you'll just say you know what just because of one bad experience doesn't mean that God's still not a healer God still heals amen 
And here's the thing is that we got to get in our, our mind that we got to sit back and go, you know what? I believe, I believe, I believe if the word of God says it, I can have it. I want to give you three things real quick, three things just to kind of prove my case in, in this for those of you that are questioning it. Number one, I want you to understand that God is willing to heal. God is willing to heal. Matthew 8, verse 2 through 3, it says this. And behold, a leper came and worshipped Jesus, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus put out his hand and touched him and said, no, I'm not willing, dude. You go ahead and keep that sickness. Now, is that not what he said? No, he said, then Jesus put out his hand and touched him and said, I am willing, be cleansed. And from that moment on, the leper was made whole. See, here's the thing, is that God is willing to heal. In Acts 10, 38, it says this, And Jesus went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Come on, somebody. He healed all, not some. Jesus went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. I have never one time picked up the Bible and found any place in the Bible that Jesus went about giving people cancer. That Jesus went about killing people. That Jesus went about trying to take people out. I cannot find a place in the Bible that says that. I cannot find a scripture that says that. And here's the thing that amazes me is that Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Right? So if we see Jesus, we are seeing what God is. But we still have arguments about what the will of God is. We still argue about, well, is this the will of God? I I don't know if this is the will of God. Is it the will of God for me to have cancer? Is it the will of God for me to have whatever it is? You fill in the blank. And I'm here to tell you that it's not God's will for you to have cancer. It's not God's will for you to be sick. It's God's will for you to be healed. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. You know, uh, I've never, but we pray prayers. Come on, y'all have heard them. Uh, we pray prayers like, Lord, if it be thy will. Come on. You have to throw a thy in there. It's like the overnight express for prayers. If it's a thou or a thy, you're in. Right? And here's the deal is that I've never one time had my kids walk up to me, say, Father, if it be thy will, might we partake in a snack from thou refrigerator? Right? I've never one time had my kids say that. I've never one time had my kids do that because here's the thing, is that my kids know my character and they know my heart. 
And since they know my character and they know my heart, they know my will is to have everything that I've purchased on their behalf. And here's the thing is that when you begin to understand that you understand God's will and you understand God's character and you understand God's uh, heart, you stop praying prayers like, Lord, if it be thy will, because you understand that I am a son or a daughter of the most high God and I understand his heart and I understand his character. And that means if I understand his heart and his character, I understand his will is that I'm completely healed, that I'm provided for, that I can have everything that he purchased for me on the cross called Calvary. And it wasn't just salvation. It was my healing. It was my deliverance. Come on, somebody. That's why I don't pray prayers like that. I stand in faith, believing. I'm telling you this. I, 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 you got to understand the heart of God. You have to understand that he is a father and he does good. We have to get a resolve on the inside of us. Here's the thing is that I've ne- I don't know any fathers in this place, and I pray that I never meet any fathers that would say this. You know what? I, if I could, I would give my kids sickness. I would give my kids disease because they need to learn a lesson. If you know people like that, please cut them out of your life. They're psychos and they need to be in a mental institution. Right? Because nobody would do that. And the Bible says this, that if you being evil know how to give good gifts as a father, how much more does your heavenly father know how to give you good gifts? So here's the thing, is as, as what Jesus says, you are evil compared to God. And you would never give sickness to your child. So if you wouldn't give sickness to your child, your heavenly father, the Bible says this, the devil comes to kill, to steal, and destroy, but I have come to give life and life more abundantly. I'm here to tell you I've been sick and I've been whole, and sickness is not life and life more abundantly. Can I hear an amen? It's God's will to heal. Amen? Number two, I want you to understand that God still heals today. God still heals today. He performs miracles today. And I don't know what what the response will be in this place, but if you ever would say, you know what, I have experienced a healing or a miracle in my life that is supernatural, just lift your hand right where you're at. Amen. Amen. Now, just looking around, I could say, okay, case closed. Because that right there says that there's people in this room that have experienced miracles. There's people in this room that have experienced healing. That means that God still heals today just based off of that. But I won't let you just stop there. My dad, uh, I, love, I love my dad, and he's an amazing, he's a, he's a pastor in Sulphur Springs, and he's a great guy, and um, he's had two heart attacks because my dad, well, actually three now, uh, because he loves chicken fried steak, and everybody said, and not just chicken fried steak, but you got to get some cream gravy on that bad boy, right? <laughs> you can't you can't just eat dry chicken fried steak. You got to get cream gravy on there. And so, but my dad loves it, and uh, and you know he he knew that he wasn't supposed to eat it after his first heart attack, 
and he, he did really good, and then he went back to it. And then he knew that he wasn't supposed to eat it after his second heart attack, and he did good for a while, and then he went back to it. And he knew he wasn't supposed to eat it, and then he had a third heart attack, and he was, had severe damage to his heart. So much damage to his heart that his, he, he was diagnosed with congestive heart failure. His heart was putting out 24% of what it was supposed to put out. Like, not very much. And here, I, I was, like, I'm used to having a dad who is vibrant. Who, come on, he's alive, he's fun to be around, he's the life of the party. And, and I, all of a sudden, now I have a dad who's struggling just to breathe. Like, he has no energy just, just to get out of bed and go to the bathroom, he would get out of breath. He was struggling. And I, I, and I, and I really was, I knew that I was watching my dad die because he could not live that way. He couldn't continue. The, like, the, it just wasn't going to work. He was on tons of medications. He was just trying to fight and stay alive. And, and one day, he, and my, my dad, he still preaches. Like, it didn't matter how he felt. Come on. He was still showing up and preaching. And one day, my grandpa uh, was uh, at the church. And, you know, he saw what I saw, my dad struggling. And, we're, and I was up leading worship. Uh, and, you know, just, just I used to lead worship for his church. And my grandpa felt like he was supposed to pray, lay hands on my dad and pray for him. And my grandpa's not shy. So he gets up and he doesn't say, Lord, if it be thy will. He starts like, in the name of Jesus. I mean, like he is full on Pentecostal guy, man. Like he's getting it. You ever seen somebody getting it? He was getting it. And uh, he's like, in the name of Jesus, I command sickness. Like, I mean, he's, and I, you know, spits flying all over my dad, you know, the whole thing. And, and I just continue to lead worship. My dad gets up and preaches and doesn't feel any different. But the next morning, he gets up to go to the bathroom, and he realizes something. I'm not short of breath. And he goes, something's different. And he walks to the kitchen, and he goes, I feel good. I, I, I'm not struggling to breathe. I'm not having, di- I'm not tired. I have energy. I feel like I could actually do something. And, and uh, as time begins to go on and on and on, he realizes something that God showed up in a moment and didn't just, didn't just work in his life, but completely changed him. And not only did he not have to take medications anymore, he's completely and totally healed. Come on. Some of you have seen my dad preach and there's nothing. He's not short of breath at all. He's got plenty. So God still heals today. And here's the thing is some of you are going, well, he's a pastor. So that automatically means that he, no, here's the thing is the Bible says that God is no respecter of persons. That means that he doesn't care what you do for a living. If you just say, you know what, I'm a son and I'm a daughter. If he's no respecter of persons, if he healed my dad, he'll heal you. If he delivered somebody else, he'll deliver you. If he healed anybody in this room that raised their hand and said, I've experienced a miracle in my life, then he'll do it for you. God still heals today. God still does miracles today, amen? Number three, don't get stuck on why. Don't get stuck on the question why. Here's the thing, is that I've prayed prayers for people 
I've stood with family recently and prayed for a baby. And the baby wasn't made whole. Walked a family through that. You say, well, Brian, how can you stand up here and preach that? Because the truth is, is that I don't change the Bible because of an experience. I still believe that God heals. And I still believe that he delivers. And I still believe that he sets free. I still believe that he's in the miracle working business. And I want you to understand there's some of you in this place and you've been hung up on why for too long. There are some questions that will never be answered on this side of eternity. Why do I pray for somebody and they get healed? And why do I pray for somebody and they don't get healed? I don't know. I don't know. But I refuse to get caught up in why. And I stand in faith and say, I still believe that God can do a miracle. And even though I didn't see it in this moment, I know this, that the Bible says that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And that means that no matter what, if they're healed in the natural, it's amazing. But if they're not, they're in heaven and they're completely and totally whole. And so no matter what, church, we win. We win. Because you can't get caught up on why. You can't get caught up on why. Can I give you three quick steps to faith? Because the truth is, is that this is the walk of faith. Everything in your Christian walk is a walk of faith. It's a step of faith. So, so three quick steps. I'm nearly done. Don't worry. You're like, oh my gosh, he just did three points and that was long. They got a timer and everything. They're, they're saying that, that time, they're going to connect it to a shock collar. When that timer goes off, I get shocked. Just kidding. (laughs) Some of you are like, that's a good idea. Three steps to greater faith. Number one, faith begins with God's word. In Romans 10, 17, it says this, so faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Can I tell you, church, here's the thing is the best time to prepare for a battle is not when you're in it. It's before it. It's before the battle ever happens, right? I've never, y'all ever watch Ultimate Fighting Championships? Come on, you watch this UFC happen? I've never seen a guy uh, being interviewed before the fight and saying, hey, why do you think you're gonna win? I have no idea. Uh, Well, what have you done to train? Not a thing. Uh, what do you mean not a thing? No, I've been eating burgers and fries and I just thought I'd give it a go. Nobody does that. What? They say I've spent months and months and months in the gym training and when nobody was looking I was hitting a bag and I was working out and I was getting ready for the fight that was to come can I tell you this that when you begin to understand that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God you don't read the word of God because it's a religious obligation you read it like God I'm preparing because I know that there's we're in a fight that there's a fight coming that there's a battle ahead and I know if I'm prepared 
that I'll come out victorious. Faith starts in God's word. Number two, faith continues regardless of what you see. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says this, we walk by faith and not by sight. Come on, we don't care what I see in the natural. We don't care what what is happening in the natural. We understand that we walk by faith and not by sight. We keep going, we keep pressing, we keep pushing, we keep moving forward. Even though we don't see it in the natural, we keep believing God and we keep standing on God's word because we walk by faith and not by sight. The last thing, and I'm done, is you can have faith in your heart and doubt in your head. You can have faith in your heart and doubt in your head. Mark eleven twenty three says this. For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his what? Does not doubt in his what? Does not doubt in his heart. Not one time in the Bible do you ever read does not doubt in his head. Because here's the thing is sometimes your mind will be screaming at you. You're stupid. This isn't going to work out. You're going down. This is over. You might as well start the final countdown. But in your heart you go, God, I know that you are a healing God. God, I know that you're a miracle-working God, and I don't care what my mind says. I don't care what my eyes see. I know this, that God, if you did it for somebody else, you'll do it for me. At The Church RC, we aim to help you encounter Jesus. If you want to further connect with us, you can find us online at thechurchrc.com or on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The Church RC. If you have a story to share about how God is moving in your life, you can email us at amen at thechurchrc.com.